<laughs> Did I scare you? Listening to the podcast that answers the only question that matters in horror film, did I scare you? I am your host, Jake Albrecht. And I am his co-host and America's little brother, Finn. Same last name. How you doing today, little brother? I'm good. How are you there, big brother? I'm alright, yeah. You just came back from a movie. Would you like to talk a little bit about that movie? No, that's not really relevant <laughs> to this conversation. <laughs> oh, okay, then. <laughs> Amongst other things, I, it could date this because, like, I bet in a couple of weeks it might not be in movie theaters, so. <laughs> I mean, uh, we're, we recorded this right before whenever you listen to it. But anyways, this isn't the uh, the podcast where my brother gets me to talk about sad Nicolas Cage movies. This is the podcast where we two brothers switch off picking horror movies in an intent to scare the other one. Vinny? I forgot for a second, but I believe that I selected the movie this week. You what did. is the name of the movie I selected? You have selected uh, Year Unknown. <laughs> 1990, I believe? Probably, I'm assuming so. You have selected the Stephen King... Uh, is it? Was this a short story? I think it was a book. It's a full-on book? Well, nonetheless, it's Stephen King's Misery. Yeah, directed by Rob Reiner. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Back in his heyday, this is like fresh off of when he did Stand By Me. And Mm -hmm. then uh, this is Spinal Tap right before that, actually. And Princess Bride. And then When Harry Met Sally. And then this movie. And then quickly after this, like everything fucking fell apart for him. So, (laughs) yeah. yeah. You know what I noticed? There's not a lot of talking about breasts in this movie. So, you know, that's a a plus for him. You notice the screenwriter then as well, because this was written by William Goldman. Yep. <laughs> yeah, not nearly as much cans in, in this one. For the better, I think. I, I think so, too. <laughs> I think everyone was a little more comfortable not having, especially certain main characters would not allow that type of discussion, as we'll find out. Uh, Vinny, have you ever seen Misery before? I haven't. I know of the story, Misery. I mean, it's it's pretty. It, it's it is so deeply embedded into uh, pop culture that Family Guy did an actual short on it. So yeah, and then it sort of it came back into vogue for a while because Stephen King actually got hit by a car. Oh, <laughs> so it's like that's it's just <laughs> like the movie, and it's like she isn't. Hit him with the car and misery. I will get to it, but <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's what they did in Family Guy. They, they did the side skit where he got hit by a car, and he's like, "Oh, gee, I wonder if I can write a story about this." And he wrote it in midair. Now, Vinny, we tried this segment once before and only once. But did you want to try to summarize this movie in about thirty seconds? Sure. Okay. Go um, for it. Give me give me one sec. Let me get a. No, you have 30 seconds, which are quickly dwindling away. Nope. Start it now. Okay. All right. So this movie's about this author who's trying to get away from this book that he's been buried 
for like in his entire career. Uh-huh. Um, and then Rough he start. <laughs> then he gets into a car accident after he's done writing another book, and then his number one fan uh, saves his life and uh, self-reported. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It turns out that she's really like obsessed with like not only just his book but him himself, and uh, she's never really gonna let him go. And then, oops, she finds out that the uh, the book is actually uh, uh, it's it's not a good book. His new one, and she really likes well, misery. That's her opinion. Go on. <laughs> yeah, she. <laughs> It's uh well, it turns out oh he, ki- he kills off the main character in the story, and she's really, re- <laughs> really fucking pissed off about that, and uh yeah, so it's it ends up being a real tragic end for someone, and yeah, it's about as much as I want to share. I'm not sure how coherent that explanation was. Now I've seen the movie for this <laughs> podcast, so I could piece together what you were saying, but that's good. I. <laughs> I hope that if if anything, if someone only makes it six minutes in into this podcast and gets that, they're like, done. I know exactly what this movie's about. Yeah, I'm going to be looking at this some months down the line being like, I don't understand. Why did everyone stop listening at four minutes in? <laughs> they got it, man. They, they figured it out. They didn't need anything else. They're like, done. Oh, that's Thanks, the way man. you would interpret that. Okay, interesting. <laughs> I think there's another read there that maybe you're missing, but... Okay, I've never seen Misery before either, uh, which is why, as I said last week, I picked it because I was like, "Ah, oh, why the fuck not?" Um, yeah, I. You know what? It's been it's been a little bit since you've picked like kind of like a more classic horror. Like this has been around, and it's it's. Uh, Do we not consider? I know what you did last summer. A <laughs> classic horror movie. Neither me or the listeners apparently considered that. So no, <laughs> they'll come around on it. <laughs> Um, it's true. I haven't, uh, I haven't picked anything that early in a while. Um, 1990 is obviously, uh, it's 31 years ago now. Yeah. I have never seen Misery before, as I said, but, uh, like you sort of know the general plot of it and I'm intimately familiar with the hobbling scene, which we will talk about later. Um, yeah, yeah, that's literally something we can't talk about it till we get to it. So yeah, it definitely has a reputation. Where it's like she go do something gross to <laughs> Yeah, that's that's really the only stigma this movie has had with me throughout the years. It's like, oh yeah, Kathy Bates is yeah, she fucking crazy. But like that doesn't even really cover even the beginning of it. Um, you're gonna find out, folks, that Kathy Bates is truly. Whew. Man, she is so good in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I have recently read Shea Serrano's book, Movies and Other Things. And in that book, he has a section where people write about movies that made them cry. And <laughs> New York Times film critic Wesley Morris wrote in that book, uh, a recent Pulitzer Prize winner, that... Uh, <laughs> Misery made him cry because he felt bad for Kathy Bates because he's like, her only crime is that she loved to read. And I was like, there's several key plot points that maybe you've forgotten. It's since the last time you watched this movie because, unfortunately, as we find out, there's many other crimes. I was going to say, it's either he forgot about them or just totally like it went over his head. Or, like a lot of book readers, he feels so akin to the. To finding another one that he's like, 
I'm literally willing to overlook all of the atrocities you've committed. They're like, what about all the murders? Mm-hmm. Still willing to bypass. Yeah. And to be fair, it doesn't... <laughs> I'm not sure that she would be reading the same books that a Pulitzer Prize winner would be, but <laughs> that's maybe he- neither here nor there. Uh, I don't think there's anything else worth talking about before we get into it. What, what do you think, Finn? No, I think we're, we're ready to roll here. All right, well, let's tarry no further. Let us get into the meat of misery. All right, Vince, so the first thing we get is the Castle Rock Entertainment logo, so you know this is when Rob Reiner was still good. (laughs) And then we get some red title cards on black with no noise, and then we go into some typing intercut with a cigarette and some champagne, and James Caan is going over what he just wrote, and he seems skeptical to me, Vin. I mean, he always has a skeptical look to him. He's James Caan. Yeah, he does look like <laughs> you're just giving him your best bullshit, and he's like, come on. Yeah, he he never seems phased at all. Well, you know, it's tough having Elf as your son, but... I, You know what? I was going to bring that up, too. <laughs> so, I guess he's not that skeptical, though, Vin, because he writes the end on the... Uh, on... On his pages there in pencil, so I guess this is as good as this is going to get. Well, I wrote, I wrote, you think that he wrote it, the end in pencil because, like, it possibly isn't the end, or, you know, because it's fancier. I feel like that that might be something that's like an actual Stephen King touch, but, like, I have no idea. Yeah. We I, find I, out later that, like, people say he's, like, a real, like, uh, he, he has his routines that he goes through. Every time. Sure, sure. That makes sense. Yeah, I guess maybe the other thing is just like you write it in pencil because like then you can erase it because you'd be like, oh my God, and I forgot to tell you like so-and-so died on the way there. (laughs) Yeah, you always want to leave room, you know? You never know. Because once you like type it out, then you're screwed. Yeah, you know how books constantly have PSs at the end? (laughs) (laughs) There's that one book that's got like 20 of them. (laughs) That guy just couldn't stop writing PSs. Yeah, maybe it's just so that, like, if he takes it somewhere, they'd be like, it needs an epilogue. You'd be like, ah, fuck, and then just erase it and go like, all right, here we go, epilogue. I imagine that's how George R. R. Martin writes. Famously has no pages. Anyways, <laughs> he throws the manuscript in a leather bag and then pops the champagne and lights the cigarette he had waiting in celebration. Then he loads up the manuscript in his car and scrapes some snow off the hood. And throws a snowball at a tree. And he notes to himself after he does, Vin, that he still has Still got it. it. <laughs> Which I, I was like, what? low 80s at best, man. No movement. <laughs> it's more like a junk ball right there. Yeah, spin right's awful. <laughs> well, you know, you can't really use spider tack on snowballs. It's like, he needs an umpire who's giving him, like, a wide open plate. Because if he goes up in the zone with that, then they're hitting it out of here. It's true. I wrote down, he lights up a smoke like he's just finished laying pipe to his book. What? A beautiful turn of phrase. (laughs) I did have an image now of like a pipe running through pages. And I was like, that doesn't seem good. It's it's like Homer Simpson trying to consider like, what does that even mean? And it's just literally a guy smacking his book with a pipe. Anyways... He's speeding down a snowy road, listening to some soul music, drumming the steering wheel, 
Vinny, I know it's just a movie, but like I got genuinely nervous watching this car go down this road. That car does not look like it's made for the snow whatsoever. <laughs> no, no, like the stunt guy's going too fast, and I'm like, how many stunt guys did they kill to get this shot? Too many. So, the snow gets worse, and we see a sign that says it's curvy for 13 more miles. And then that, Con starts swerving all... <laughs> yes, I thought. No, I was just saying good. Curvy for 30 miles. <laughs> But like when realistically, if you see that sign and really drive in the snow, you're like, fuck, I'm going like 15, 20 for 30 miles now. Yeah, I have to imagine he's driving on like a collection of like five mountains that are right next to each other. And he's just going in and out of each of them. You think that's really what Colorado's really like? Yeah, probably. Oh, God. Anyways, Khan starts swerving all over the road and he pretty quickly manages to flip his car. It's yeah. so it feels so nonchalant because like the Soul Man song is still going on as he flips his car. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a faint muffled cry in the snow of "Thanks for the ride, lady." <laughs> so the car lies in the snow upside down with the wind howling, and then Vinny, we're in a flashback because we cut to Khan in an office talking about his messenger bag with Lauren Bacall. Do you know who Lauren Bacall is? I feel like I've seen her and stuff. She was uh, she did a lot of movies with Humphrey Bogart, like back in the, the late forties, early fifties. Mm-mm. She <laughs> she's very famously the one that's like uh, she says to Humphrey Bogart in the movie, like you know how to whistle, don't you? Like you you put your lips together and blow. Where like <laughs> if your grandfather saw that movie, they were like, she's talking about blowies. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Grandpa. <laughs> so anyways, he grouses that he used to be a writer before he got into the misery business. And that Bacall gives him shit about killing off his most profitable character. And he's like, whatever, I'm going to Colorado to write a real book. And he's like, maybe I'll have something worth writing about on my tombstone. Just like, I don't know, made a shit ton of money writing seems fine. I know. I was like, what's he going to write on his tombstone? Killed beloved character? (laughs) (laughs) You think Disney could... If if Disney could do it all over, that that's what he would have put on his tombstone? If he could kill Mickey Mouse? (laughs) If I I die before you, you have permission to put on my tombstone, killed beloved character. Just so that anyone in the cemetery would be like, what? (laughs) Who? (laughs) Like, which one? Like, then they're looking around and be like, it's like Superman's grave next to his. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Anyways, we cut to a all bloody in the car. As someone's prying it open with the crowbar. And this hooded figure drags him out. And he's clutching the messenger bag still. And they give him CPR. And he comes to after a few moments. And the unseen person grabs the bag and puts it under their coat. And then carries him off through the snowstorm. And a little bit later, Vin, he comes to a groggy hooked up to an IV, and we hear a voiceover of someone telling him he's going to be fine. They're his number one fan. Vinny, do you want to say who this person is? Yeah, it's Kathy Bates. That's right, yeah. Best actress winner for this movie. You'll find out. So she tells him he's been there two days. Then she's like, I'm a nurse. And then she gives him a couple of pills. 
And if he thinks that that's the last we see of those pills, you are sadly mistaken. We're going to see a lot of those pills. <laughs> yeah, they are pretty much the third main character. He's like, hi, my name is Orange Pills. <laughs> Don't you know that this is really about my relationship with my father, James Cod? He's like, shit, I'm taking too many of these. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, we got to put more of them down before they start talking to me again. <laughs> The ironic thing is, the more I take them, the more they talk. <laughs> it's almost like they're talking through me. <laughs> you just gotta keep taking more. It's a vicious <laughs> rumble. <laughs> so, it fades to black as he passes out again. And then we cut back, and Kathy Bates is doing nurse shit in the room, and giving him a couple more pills. And he's like, what are they? And she's like, they're pain pills. And Khan's like, why am I not in a hospital? But she's like, the snow's too bad, and the phone lines are down. So he passes out. He's pretty much going in and out of consciousness, like, constantly here. I bet she, like, I wonder how many times he's asked that question to her. <laughs> she never gets tired of that one. <laughs> why am I not in a hospital? The phone lines are down. <laughs> She's like, different it's every time. She's <laughs> like, a jaguar attacked the ambulance. <laughs> It's like the 20th time. Why about a hospital? She's like, uh, sinkhole that was on fire. <laughs> she starts running out of them and eventually she just like knocks him out herself. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes to later and he asks if he's ever going to be able to walk again. She's like, oh yeah, sure. And then she shows him his fucked up legs, which are like disgusting. <laughs> And she goes, I'm actually really proud of my work. And it's like, lady, they look worse than they were. She is like, considering I just did it with shit I had around the house. It's like, it's like, I, she did, it's like, I did actually really good work. And it cuts away to her just taking a hammer to his legs, just knocking them like back and forth. Yeah, I imagine like a pin cushion, like sticking out like with the stitching and her be like, oh, whoops, let me snip that off here. And then like, oh my God, that was skid. My bad. Oh, yeah, no, that was part of you. She really oh. had to Frankenstein those legs back together. Yeah. yeah, she really took the approach of, like, well, if they were if they were broken in the crash, we have to hit them equally the opposite way in order to fix them. It's That's the just math. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, he's pretty dismayed, as I would be, too, if my legs looked like that. I'd be like, all right, just put a bullet in my head. Yeah, it's like, you know what? I got the cure. And the doctor from Zombies like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he the shoots cure. me, then my legs are healed. I'm like, oh, my God, you did it. <laughs> you finally did it. He's, he's just like, like, I didn't expect to. <laughs> he's like, my work here is done. And then he puts one in his own head. <laughs> Too insider joking, this one, Finn. All right, so back in New York, Lauren Bacall is calling a Colorado sheriff or chief of police or whatever. It's the same guy. And that guy is like, it's me. I'm a cowboy cartoon character. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> he's like, my name's Buster. And the actor's name is Richard Farnsworth. But unless you're really into the straight story, Buster it is. I like that name, Buster. I don't know why. I just do. Yeah, I like Buster's whole vibe in this. Yeah, yeah, he's like, 
he's such a wholesome you know what i really enjoy the relationship between the old sheriff and his wife we'll get to that <laughs> all right Bacall tells buster that con checked out of the resort the other day but she hasn't heard from him since and since this is before cell phones he's like yeah what's the problem <laughs> and she's like you're being a little over anxious but you know what i got a system in place for this and what he means by that is he writes the author's name down on a post-it note and then puts it on a board. That's yeah, kind of like how I take notes at work. Yeah. Now, back at Shez fucked up legs, Bates is shaving Khan, and he mumbles that it was a miracle he survived. Bates is like, no, it wasn't a miracle, just plain old stalking. You see, I've pretty much been following you around because I knew you were in town. And he's like, uh, uh. So he's like, not so much of a miracle then. She's like, I saw you leaving the lodge in the middle of the snowstorm. Why would you do that, silly? <laughs> and he's like, uh-huh. Then she's like, you know what? I love all eight misery novels. I love the misery novels. I haven't read the latest one. I've been saving it up, but I'm sure I'm going to love it equally. Misery, misery, misery. <laughs> And he's like, this is hell. <laughs> he's like, you know what? I did die in that car accident. <laughs> there is a point where she's like, you're the greatest writer that ever lived. And he does stop to be like, hmm, say it again. <laughs> <laughs> just, listen, if there's one thing that every human being on this planet likes, it's just that sheer compliment when it's just like, yeah, you know what? I did do a good job. He's like, I need two things right now. You to chop both these legs off immediately and also feed this ego. <laughs> Lord knows I need that ego fed after those legs get cut off, so. That's, I'm pretty sure once they're not attached to me, they will come back to try to attack me. <laughs> they look like Frankenstein legs in that they would be angry that you brought them into this world. How is it that they suddenly sprouted arms? <laughs> Little stubby arms. <laughs> Just tiny fist pummeling me over and over. <laughs> Anyways, Khan's like, hey, when will the phone lines be up? And she's like, hmm? <laughs> and he's like, because I want to call my daughter and Lauren Bacall. And Finny, I thought the daughter would be a character, but we never hear her mentioned again. No. Isn't he married, too? No. I don't know. I, I think he... I, I don't. Let's say if Stephen King's divorced, this guy's divorced and upset. Oh, so it's kind of like Cronen Cronenberg. <laughs> Even more, like, if you've read any Stephen King novels, which I've had, there's always, like, a Stephen King. And in the Dark Tower series, eventually, there's just the actual Stephen King trying so, to write people out of, like, the situations they're in. Oh, so he's like Kang. Kind of. <laughs> Kang? Yeah, you know, from Marvel. No, no spoilers on shit. All right, so Bates asks if she can read the new novel, and he's like, oh, meaning the the manuscript he has in his bag. And he's like, well, it's at an early stage, and only my manager, and and she looks disappointed at this letdown, and he's like, people who saved me from a car wreck can read it. It's you, lady. Go ahead. <laughs> he's like, who knows if I'm ever going to be able to get out of here. So you might be the only person to read it. Bates is like, great, let me jam some painkillers in your mouth and get to it then. She's like, here, munch on these. Um, 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 um. <laughs> and then she's like, what's the book about? Which, like, oh, man, if you've ever written anything, that's the worst question. 
Yeah, he's like, I don't know. Why don't you tell me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you fuck. Just read the fucking thing. Jesus. He's like, well, it's a psychosexual tale of betrayal. It's <laughs> like what? <laughs> he's it's like, almost like the stories. <laughs> it's almost like the stories writing itself as we're standing right here. Now, anyways, Buster is up at the lodge asking the owner about the the author, yeah, James Conn, and the owner's like, ah, nothing weird going on. He always orders champagne when he's about ready to finish a book. And the owner tells Buster, nothing is out of the ordinary because Khan seems like the type who always likes things to be the same. And the owner tells him that the old Mustang is probably pulling into New York right about now. Vinny? Nope. <laughs> I'm pretty proud of this next nickname for Kathy Bates' house. Are you ready? Sure am. We're back at Bates Motel. That's good. <laughs> yeah. She's spooning some soup in, and she's like, I'm 40 pages into the book. And she looks pretty upset about it. <laughs> so he's like, well, well, what's the deal? And she's like, hmm, I probably shouldn't say it, but I don't like the swearing. And she's like, it's not noble. <laughs> she's and a Con's... real Midwesterner, kind of, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know what, Vinny? There's a way to play that character where it's like, you know, like, it's amusing, but, like, it's kind of a stereotype. But I feel like when she talks, I'm like, no, I really believe she thinks these things. Yeah, that's that's what's so great about her and her character is just, like, yeah, there there just is no, like, there's, there's no, what's the word I want to look for in here? She feels innocent. In, like, yeah. the way that she... She you know, reminds me of, like, certain aunts I have where, like, they say things where I'm like, that's a ridiculous thing to think, but also, like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, because it's like, well, you're pretty, you know, harmless. Yeah, like, I could definitely, like, imagine certain aunts of mine being like, there's too much swearing to this thing. It's not noble. I mean, like, oh, uh, Aunt Kathy Bates, what are you talking about? <laughs> but God's like... The- <laughs> The kids no, I'll the... get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah, all right. The kids in the book are slum kids, and I'm a slum kid. And I'm like, are you, though? Yeah. No, you're not. And he's like, everyone pretty much talks like that now. And it's like, man, wait 30 years, because we're going to go wild with this. Yeah. Yeah, we really are. And Bates is like, bull spit. <laughs> She's Literally. like, you, you think I'm swearing when I go to the town of the feed store? And then she she goes off on red. She's like, "Oh, give me the fucking this! Like, give me the bullshit that!" And it's like, "Oh, wow, uh, you're right there, Kathy Bates." And, yeah, she gets so increasingly upset that she ends up spilling some of the soup, and then she screams at him, "Look at what you made me do!" Yeah, yeah, it's at this moment where I'm like. Ralph Giff, we're in danger. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely like <laughs> James Codd's face at this moment like crosses the line from like, what a weird lady to like, oh my god, she's gonna kill me. <laughs> it's it just like I said, wholesome. She seems harmless, like a Midwestern like lady, and then she just turns it completely 180, and you're like, Hey lady, you wanna like chill it up i'm kind of scared yeah and then she does the classic abuser strategy of the like oh my god that man's gone 
<laughs> yeah. like, I am so like I never lose my temper like that. Oh my, how silly I feel. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's crazy. Like, cause well, she does that a lot in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of impulse control issues. So she tells God she loves him, and he looks mildly uncomfortable. And then when she leaves the room, he looks kind of more worried than even before. So Buster is heading down the windy road with his wife driving. And she's like, this sucks. And then out of boredom, she starts rubbing his thigh. And he's like, in this car, you are a deputy, not my wife. And she's like, well, I'd rather be home fucking the sheriff. <laughs> so, you know, they have a fun relationship. Yeah. Now, if you're like, I don't know if it makes a difference, but if you're picturing these people in your head, I'd say they're about 70 each. Which, you know, good for them. They're still going strong. I, I feel like Buster says, in fact, he's not still going strong later, but we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll get to that. I can't remember specifically, but oh, she, sa- she says something about him having an affair, and he's like, I'm, I'm flattered. You think I would have the energy for that? Yeah, because he says, like, I think he's like, I barely got enough energy for you. Yeah, and so. She's like, I know. I just wish that I could get more of that sheriff. Di- All right, I'm done. <laughs> Anyways, Buster tells her to stop so he can go jerk off on the side of the road. And also because he notices a tree that's been knocked over. <laughs> so he starts scrambling down a snowy hill, but he finds nothing there. And then he ends up falling on his ass in the snow while his wife laughs at him. Yeah, he could have, like, tumbled down the hill and broke, like, everything, and she'd still be laughing. (laughs) Probably. So he scrambles back up, and we can see the tire for the Mustang poking out of the snow, but Buster does not see it. They don't see it, no. And when he gets to the top of the hill, the horny deputy asks him if Khan is really out there. Buster's like, I hope not, he's dead if he is. (laughs) So they get back in the truck, and then dri- Bates drives past them serenely, like, just, like, not a care of the world. I mean, like, she, she at the moment, it doesn't feel like she's done anything wrong, because she's still kind of taking care of, uh, you know, James the Con? author. Yeah, James Conn. So it's like, there's nothing for, I mean, she doesn't know that he's missing in a way. That we know of, but <laughs> she comes back with a misery book that she just brought, the, uh, which is the last one. She's like, I went to town and got it. Khan's like, so the road's open? And she's like, just the one to town. Yeah, she, you know what's funny is that she kind of reveals a little too much. Where it's just like, she probably never should have never said that she like went into town and got that book. She's very excited. And then she's like... Uh, you know what? I talked to an orthopedic surgeon at the hospital, and Khan's like, so the phones are working. And she's like, in town, yeah, if you yeah. took that one road to town. Yeah. She's like, they don't, they still, son of a gun, they just don't work in my house. Well, geez, gee willikers. She's like, and here's the thing, it's like, anytime they try to come up with ambulance, fucking pack of wild dogs just drags it off the road, so... <laughs> Uh, they're oh, throwing this... steak down to try to distract the dogs, but it seems to just make them stronger. And then, like, they're attacking more cars, so it's kind of a whole thing. And he's like, uh-huh. So you got my book. 
And he's like, those dogs? And he points to a bunch wagging their tails outside. She's like, <laughs> son of a bitch! What's the fucking happy pack here this time? <laughs> They're the friendly wolves. Alright, no more. <laughs> she settles in with the misery book and tries to tell him how great this book is without yeah. the swearing. <laughs> she's like... <laughs> She's so excited. It's almost like she's just like, we should read it together, page by page. And he's just like, just give, give me all the pills at once so I can overdose. He's literally being like, I'm really like worried about my daughter. And like, she's probably worried about me. And Kathy Bates likes like, why the fuck won't he shut up about the daughter when we're talking about misery? She's like, you know what his daughter really is? This book. So... She looks put out, but she tells him that he's a real poet as she leaves the room. He's like, okay. <laughs> so she brings him dinner later and tells him the last misery book is perfection. And despite himself, Vinny, and I think, think this is a great human touch, he gives a little smile at this. James Kant is great. Like, his reactions in these movies are actually pretty good because they're pretty convincing. Yeah, any time she's, like, saying stuff, he's kind of just doing, like, little sarcastic asides that she doesn't pick up. Yeah, at all. But he, he's, like, he's constantly just, like, he's playing it off pretty good. Now, then he later a pig wanders into the room and <laughs> hops up on Khan snorting. And should we talk about the movie I saw tonight? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll give you one guess what movie it was. It was Nick Cage, Pig in the City. Anyways, he looks at it like, how rude. Then Bates is like, I thought you should beat this her. This is my pig. Misery. And Cod's like, I feel like we've been saying this word too much. He's like, you're saying it so much that I feel like it's lost all meaning. He's like, misery, 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 misery. Wait, is it misery or misery? <laughs> Just sounds weird when you say misery. I'm pretty sure it's my usury. So, Vinny, unlike the swear book, Bates is on page 300 now of the misery book. And... I'm sorry, I forgot she said this. She's like, it's just as good as that ceiling that that Dago Wap painted. <laughs> He's like, the Sistine Chapel. She's like... <laughs> the... <laughs> No, I can't. I can't. <laughs> That's. <laughs> I mean, it's especially funny to say that to the line to James Conn. That day go wild. <laughs> He's like, hey, oh, hey. And she's such a, like a simple Midwestern person. She's just like, the only Italians I know is those Mario brothers. I. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, a funnier thing to do than to, like, randomly call Leonardo da Vinci, like, a slur. Because <laughs> it's like, you know what, lady? I guess that's what he is, technically, if you're going to do that. But also, I never would have thought of it in a million years. <laughs> Where she's like, yeah, the Mona Lisa is made by that guinea, whatever his <laughs> name is. <laughs> Everybody's like, well, I guess she's right, but. <laughs> Anyways, her and the pig take off, and 
Bates is giving a monologue about her husband leaving her out the window while Khan listens later. And she's like, I dove into my work to get over it, which we'll find out in a way. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is, like, before we get to it, she's gassing this book up so much. I wonder how she's going to feel about the ending. Yeah, we'll find out pretty quick. (laughs) All right, so she's like, night shifts can be lonely at the hospital, but I read a lot of it. Misery to get through it. Misery made me forget all of her problems. (laughs) We'll get to it. She's like, right when I finish this book, I'm sure I'm going to start right over. And he interrupts this video because she's been talking for a couple minutes. And he pulls a pee jug out from under the blanket. And I was like, that's hilarious. That's just a hilarious touch. Because it reframes the whole thing. It's like she came in and he was pissing while she's just talking about this stupid book. <laughs> the life continues on even while he's pissing. And she's like, it would take a pretty special, critically injured author to convince me to get married again. Wink. (laughs) While she's jiggling his pee jug. (laughs) She gives it a quick sniff and be like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. Anyways, Ben, that night she comes in irate and says, you dirty bird. Yeah, because she drank all of that pee and was not (laughs) excited. She's like, you've been eating the bad worms. I can taste it. (laughs) Vinny, I've never heard you dirty bird in a threatening tone before. It was weird. It was scary. And she's like, misery can't be dead. And Connor's like, well, you know, women at that time often died in childbirth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, she was not having it. And then he's like, listen, her spirit is still alive. And Bates shakes the bed and says, I don't want her spirit. I want her alive. You murdered her. And he's like, yeah. she just slipped away. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. They're talking imagine this. God saying that. Like, if you got hit by a car. He just slipped away. You're like, oh, he just fucking slipped away. It's like, well, what were you doing, though? <laughs> A snacking man, what do you want from me? <laughs> can't look at all you assholes at once, Jesus! Like you literally can, can't you? And he's like, I can. You can I can't. And then he, you look at him, and he's got spider eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, God has hideous spider eyes. Anyways, man. Chick, she shows strength like she's a fucking wrestler right here. <laughs> she brings a sled up over her head, and he holds his arm. <laughs> in front of his face for protection and then she slams the sled against the wall like smashing it and then she's like I thought you were good but you're just another lying dirty birdie I thought she was gonna pick his frail body up and start throwing it against the wall I thought for sure that sled was coming down on those legs <laughs> like that is for sure his weakest point and she hits him in the legs and he's like they're cured <laughs> He's like, no, that was the same way they were hit the first time. <laughs> I'm just like, I gotta go do two the opposite then. Oh, man. Anyways, she's like, I don't think we should be around each other for a while. 
And on the way out the door, she's like, oh, by the way, nobody's coming for you because I didn't call anyone. You better hope I don't die because then you will too. Which, okay. I mean. (laughs) No, that's just like what my wife says anytime she goes to bed. (laughs) And you're like, the scary part is it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, that night. Khan crawls out of bed and rides around in pain, and his legs are still... I believe the medical term is extremely fucked up. Yeah, they look like he's got, like, elephantitis. <laughs> yeah, so he crawls towards the door, but he can't manage to turn the knob, and then he collapses against it, gasping. And Vinny Buster is on the phone the next day with Bacall, telling her he's working with the state police and the FBI. And Horny Deputy tells Buster there's no char... Charges on the account, uh, on James Conn's credit account since he left the lodge. And back at the Bates Motel, Bates finds him collapsed on the floor. And she's acting all sweet again. And she's like, oh my god, this is all my fault for not having a proper hospital bed. And Vinny, I was like, about that, why do you have an IV here? Because <laughs> uh, she's like... See. I'm a nurse. It's like, uh-huh. It's like, how? I'm related to nurses. They don't have IVs in their houses. Or I'm assuming that she probably stole all of this stuff. Yeah, it seems a pretty reasonable assumption. Based on things, we'll find out. Yeah. So he screams as she gets him back into bed. And Vinny, the veneer could only last so long because she's kind of like, you're being a baby. <laughs> Then she stuffs it back down to be like, I have a big surprise for you, but you have to do a favor for me. And I imagine he starts stretching his jaw muscles. (laughs) And he's like, anything but that. She goes on to say, sometimes my thinking gets muddled. That's why I got confused while I was giving testimony in Denver. He's like, what? <laughs> wait, hey, shit, what? Wait, wait, let's let's turn it back. And she's like, nope, we're beyond that now. She's like, past Denver, back here. We're in this room again. <laughs> then she's like, I asked God about you, and God said, I delivered him to you so you can show him the way. And he's starting to think, are you sure that wasn't the devil that was talking to you? <laughs> then she, Vinny, she wheels a grill into the room, and inside of it she has the manuscript, and some matches and lighter fluid. And uh, she douses the manuscript with the fluid. And she's like, all you need to do is rid the world of this filth. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, sure. You know, uh, there's all sorts of copies of uh, that in New York already. So it doesn't really make a difference. I mean, I would probably hand it to me immediately. But it's probably not a big deal if uh, you just uh, give me that. And uh, we don't let it on fire. And she's like, okay, yeah, no, there's other copies. It doesn't make a difference, so go ahead and light it on fire. <laughs> and then he scratches his head, and she says, hey, guess what, asshole? I'm your biggest fan. I know you don't make copies of these before you turn them in. You said so in an interview. And then she, like, lists the date, which is like, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, this is before Facebook. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just put that into perspective. So That's hard work, man. That's hard stocking work right there. Oh, yeah, she put in the, the grunt work. Now, Khan is in the bargaining stage of grief, so he's like, listen, nobody has to publish it. Just let me keep it, please. 
And she's like, no, it's just going to keep clouding your mind if it exists. So he needs to step it up with the burning already. Yeah. And uh, she makes the case pretty convincingly because as she starts kind of monologuing a little bit at this scene, she starts, well, casually dumping that lighter fluid on his blanket. I didn't even notice that. Okay. Yeah, as she's, like, talking and monologuing about, uh, I mean, I'm sure you got notes on it. She's just kind of, like, tossing the uh, lighter fluid on him. As it looks like it's an accident, but I'm pretty sure she knows what she's doing. So, Vinny, he lights up the match, and I imagine lights up immediately like Gabriel Bird. That's exactly what I was like. He lights the match and goes up in flames, just like the guy from Cabin Fever. <laughs> <laughs> so he kind of stares at it sadly before lighting up his manuscript and it goes up so big it actually burns some of the curtains. Yeah, she's like, heaven's the Betsy. Yeah, she's like, oh goodness me. And she just keeps saying it. Oh goodness, heaven's the Betsy. And she's, she's just like, that got out of hand a little bit. <laughs> then she scrambles out of the room and she comes back with a big pail of water and she puts the fire out. But as she's leaving after that, she hears a helicopter flying over. And it's Buster. He's in the sky, checking shit out. <laughs> and Bates uh, tells Khan that the winter's getting shorter every year because of the ozone later. She's like, what do you think about that? He's like, what? Sure. <laughs> She's like, well, it's a theory. <laughs> and 30 years later, and winter is still the fucking same, man. Yeah, it, it hasn't really changed much. Now, she gives him some pain pills, and Vinny, rather than taking them this time, he stuffs them under his mattress. And later, Bates is watching Love Connection in her bed, and everyone's hairdos are crazy. Yeah, she's drinking a whole two-liter bottle of Coke, and she's snacking on Cheetos, and it's like, Kathy Bates, come on. Yeah, and even the host has a mullet. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) In Love Connection, the host had a mullet. It was awful. I love that you're talking about love connection. And I'm talking about Kathy Bates is like eating habits before with her, she goes to with their old fashioned Pepsi and Cheetos. Yeah, it's a whole two liter bottle of Pepsi. <laughs> what if you get thirsty in the middle of the night? You don't want to have to run to the fridge. You're just gonna go glug glug glug, <laughs> <laughs> and then settle in for some good old GERD attack. <laughs> Just coughing and sputtering the knife away as the acid tries to escape from your stomach out your mouth. <laughs> Get old sucks. Anyways, Cod is having dinner and setting aside his pain pills again. And when Bates leaves, he takes his fork and cuts a hole in his mattress and then stuffs the pills in there. And Bates is wheeling Con around in a wheelchair later and... He give, She gives Khan an electric razor. He's like, well, if I knew the surprise would be this good, I would have burned all of my books. <laughs> and she's like, ah, ha, ha, very funny. Here's the new surprise. She brings in a card table and tells him he needs a new studio so they can get to work again. And she hustles in a typewriter and tells him he's going to write a new novel, Misery's Return. And, he's and Khan's like, like <laughs> he's like, oh, fuck, how do I bring this character back to life? <laughs> he's also like, this isn't a normal writer's process to be imprisoned in a room and forced <laughs> to write it. And the Game of Thrones readers are like, shouldn't it be, though? <laughs> uh, 
and then George R. R. Martin's like, I probably should have finished that book before the end of the show. <laughs> Whatever. His legs are as fucked up as Brand's in this, and my right game of Thrones fans. <laughs> Anyways, she's like, I think you can manage. I imagine with more lighter fluid on the bed. That's but when, she's eyeballing. When she leaves this time, he notices a hairpin on the floor. So he, he pockets that. And she's proud because she's like, I got you expensive paper to write on. And she's like looking for approval from this. But he's like, well, hmm. that paper smudges. And she's like, what do you mean? It's more expensive. Yeah. He's like, well, I need long grained mameo, which I'm like, oh, Jesus, here we go. Call some <laughs> Dun- call Dunder Mifflin for this shit, dude. <laughs> so he he puts the he's like, let me show you. So he puts it in there and he types smudge. Yeah. And then and then smudges <laughs> it. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'll be damned. And he's like, I want you to be in on every part of the process now. And she's like, oh, maybe the process could start. With me fucking your shit up! Because I try to do the best I can for you, you bitch about the paper! I'm gonna get the paper, but you better buck up, asshole! Then she slams the expensive paper into his broken legs and speeds (laughs) off into town. Yikes. How about conversation? (laughs) (laughs) You like that, Vin? I channeled her for a second. Yeah, it's, it's as terrifying. He's just like, well... The plan worked. It's yeah, like, <laughs> guess we really outsmarted her. <laughs> I'm gonna pass out. <laughs> Where are those pills? So, anyways, Cod wheels over to the door and gets the hairpin, and he starts going at the lock. And he's like, "Well, I've written about it. I should be able to do it." And I'm like, "That's the, that's not the thing. Not all door locks work the same." Yeah, be like, oh yeah, I wrote about a wizard, so like, I'm gonna make your kid disappear. (laughs) 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 But anyways, he's amazed when he actually manages to get the door open, and then he wheels to the front door, but that's locked too. So he heads into the living room and sees a phone, but when he tries to use it, he sees it's kind of just for show. Yeah. So it's like... He's wheeling around the house and he's doing some investigative stuff and I I I have like my <laughs> my concerns of like, well what if he gets stuck, man? Then he's really fucked. Yeah, that would be a very stressful situation. Anyways, right. Bates is at the store getting the right paper, heading back to deliver it to the ungrateful author. <laughs> and Khan is wheeling around the living room and he knocks over a penguin figurine, but he manages to catch it before it hits the ground. This will be important later, Finn. Yes. And then he finds a signed picture of himself, and there's also a picture of Liberace on the wall. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. That's that's really funny. You got that though. I wasn't sure. Like, what? Looking at us, like, I think that's Liberace, and then like she'll confirm it in a bit. Yeah. So he rolls into a closet and finds some of the pain pills she's been given, and he pockets them. Which I'm like, I thought he wasn't trying to take them, but we'll see what he's trying to do. <laughs> now he rolls into the kitchen and Vinny we got problems here do you yeah cause he gets stuck in the doorway immediately see I fucking told you and... she's, she's gonna come home and see his crippled ass stuck in the kitchen she's gonna pick his ass up and powerbomb him through the table 
Yeah, I don't know how wheelchairs work, but this one seems to work like a dump truck because he hits a lever <laughs> and then falls on the floor. <laughs> Just spills his ass on the floor. Yeah, I don't think they were. I don't think they have like payloaders like that. Because what if you accidentally like, yeah, just yeah, do it? Yeah, yeah, that's what you gotta do to dump the handicapped people out at the end. <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? Lift them? Ooh, my back. No, thank you. You just jet someone from, like, it's just like when you don't have, like, a lift to a car, you just open the door and then hit the eject. Like, you wanna be close enough because you don't want them to hit the pavement, but you don't wanna <laughs> get too close because then they go right over. <laughs> I get it right about 10% of the time. (laughs) Sometimes you go half and half and like they just hit the top of the door. (laughs) They hit the top, fall back right onto the pavement. (laughs) That's a double doozy. Yep, yep. (laughs) Pretty much always got to pay the deposit on them when you're done with that. So anyways, he climbs towards the door, but he hears Bates pull up in her truck. So he rushes back to the chair, and he tries to go as fast as he can back in the room. And he's smart enough to double back and, like, close the doors he opened. Yeah. yeah he he definitely does a good, you know, he covers his footsteps really well. <laughs> his wheel steps. <laughs> he, and Vinny, he... I think he, like, repicks the lock in order to relock it. And I'm like, I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> I don't think so either. That's some bullshit writing right there, Stephen King. I think um, like you would have to hit the hammer, hammers on the <laughs> lock the same way you would with his legs from the other side. It's usually, that's how locks and legs work. Um, he's just lucky that she didn't stow his ass upstairs. Because <laughs> he would have never been able to do any of this. Yeah, just imagine him like, rolling out the door and going like, ah! <laughs> Dunk, 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 dunk. And she comes home, there's just, like, a hole in her front of, <laughs> the front of her house, and she's like, shit, I guess he got out. But he's just dead on the side of the house, just because he went there. Not dead, Vidworth. He's just laying there with his arms looking the same as his legs. <laughs> and she's like, I feel like this problem pretty much took care of itself. No, she's screwed now, because now she's like, fuck, how's he gonna type? <laughs> Oh, she'll get him a typing wand for his mouth. Just take this pencil and just hit every single letter. But anyways, when she comes in the room, she's like, you're sweaty and your color's off. And he's like, give me the pain pills, please. (laughs) And she's like, oh, yeah, opiates, that'll do it. So she brings them back and he, he throws them in the back of his mouth. And she's like, listen, I've been thinking and... My temper sure does get the best of me sometimes. I guess that's why I'm not more popular. Then she helps load him into bed, and she hands him a notepad and pencil and says, in case you get any ideas. And she walks out of the room and blows him a kiss, and he's just, like, holding every ounce of himself not to vomit. (laughs) Yeah, then when she leaves, he spits the pill out again like my son taking iron vitamins. (laughs) No iron. (laughs) And from the helicopter, Buster sees Khan's car in the snow. And then a state cop gives a TV interview, stating that the assumption now is that James Khan is dead. And I'm like, uh, what? Like, wolves pulled his body out of the car? Like, what do you mean? 
Yeah, it's the evil wolves, not the happy ones. It's like normally in a car accident, you can't be like, well, no body, but they often disappear on contact. You think that it's the sheriff was just like, I ain't feel no dead bodies down there when I want to tumble in. <laughs> so the cop does actually say out loud, he's like, we'll either find the body or some animals found him. And also it's like they probably would have seen the tracks where they dragged him off. <laughs> so like, you know, the investigative squad up in Colorado, not really good. It'd be like, there's like, if there would be footmarks that would get progressively smaller as they tore more pieces of flesh off. <laughs> Anyways, Buster, when he's looking at the car, notices that there's crowbar marks on the door. He's like, he might be dead, but someone helped him get out of the car. And kind of starting to make a makeshift envelope out of the piece of paper that she gave him for the notepad earlier. And he's cracking open his pills and pouring it into there. And then he eats the remains so that there's no proof. And at this point, Vinny's like, damn, he's a pretty smart protagonist. Yeah, not he's he's not bad. Like, it's, it's a pretty, like, there's a lot of, like, plans that this guy's got going on. And you know what? We like to talk about schemes on here. And it's, he's developing a pretty decent scheme here. Yeah, he's he's a thinker. I don't yeah. know about her ski because all of it relies on like nobody ever like comes to my house or notices I'm suddenly buying food for two. Well, she's, you know, she's gone away with it for a while. That's for sure. Yeah, it's true. Now, the next day he's staring at a typewriter, not really knowing what to write. And he types out, fuck, 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 fuck. But we know that's not going to please Kathy Bates. <laughs> so he tosses the paper out. And then he seems to get to work for real. But Bates brings in his paper, and she's like, this draft is absolute shit, and you need to redo it. I'm like, wow, this really is the Game of Thrones fans. Yep. She's like, listen, I used to go to the movies back in the day to see these old serials. And he's like, yeah, the cliffhangers. And she's like, that's not what they were called. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay. She's like, I saw a movie where a guy gets stuck in a car, but the me next week, it starts with him just climbing out of it. And she's like, that's not where it ended, assholes. Yeah, she she goes, like, into a tirade of, like, feeling cheated when she goes to, like, these movies where it's just like, you gotta write it the right way. It's like, I imagine that you don't, don't, you don't ever want to show her Evil Dead 1 and 2. <laughs> <laughs> Because she, she's like, this is bullshit. Well, technically, Evil Dead 2 is a remake. Ah, let's not get into it. All right, so she goes on to say, Misery was buried at the end of the last book, so that's where you start this. Dig her ass up. <laughs> <laughs> and she's reading it later, and he's like, so I don't know, boss, any better? And she's like, hmm, your bee sting paralysis solution is elegant. <laughs> Because apparently James Scott's like, okay, uh, I guess she wasn't really dead. She was just stung by a bee that made it look like she was. So just buried her alive. And Kathy Bates is like, yes, yes, that's good. She's like, I love this shit. She's like, I'm so happy. I'm going to put on my Liberace record. See? And as she's leaving, Cod's like, can we have dinner tonight? And she's like, oh, now, 
Back at the police station, the horny deputy is on the phone telling someone that Buster isn't in. But here he comes. He's got a bag of misery books. And the guy on the phone is mad because people are on the benches in front of the store. I can't believe I took that note. It doesn't matter at all. It's literally what he's complaining about, though. The Buster's like, well, if you didn't want him sitting there, you shouldn't have put benches in. I'm like, well, there's certainly no retort to that. Nope. <laughs> done and done. <laughs> now Buster's like, here's my plan. I'm going to read the books. And the wife is like, and like, what? <laughs> Find out he wrote a story about some asshole crashing his car. <laughs> He's like, maybe. You never know if it's in here. <laughs> He's like, I've always wanted to read these. Let's get real. <laughs> He's like, I just never had enough time. I've just been boning you for all these years and never had enough time to read these books. Yep. But back at the Bates Motel, then, they're settled in for a nice dinner with Liberace. And Bates is wearing a real old-fashioned dress. And Khan compliments her meatloaf, and she's like, the trick is mixing in some spam with the ground beef. Which he's like, oh my god, that's so great! <laughs> he's, he's like, what I love is how you can taste it when you puke it back up immediately. <laughs> like, whoa, you keep trying to stuff it down and it won't stay there! <laughs> it's like, you know, I just keep putting it in my mouth and I keep chewing and chewing it. It just doesn't want to go down. <laughs> I love when dinner reminds me of like a dog I had that would never listen to commands to stay. <laughs> he's like, anyways, let's have a toast to misery. So he's like, let me uh, pour you some wine. And she giggles as he pours a little too much. And before she drinks, he says, let's do this the right way. Do you have any candles? And she's like, oh my. Then wanders off to look. And Vinny, he's got his envelope of knockout juice that he snakes out. And he pours it into the wine and swirls it around. And she comes back in with the candles. So excited to have her candlelit dinner. But Vinny, what happens immediately after they toast? She accidentally knocks over her wine glass. Yeah. yeah. And he stares at it, horror-stricken. As his yeah. one opportunity just slips out the door. Yeah, yeah. It, he's thinking to himself, fuck, either she's like super clumsy or a super genius. He's like, god damn it, now I gotta go st stick through with this book with the bee paralysis. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we cut to the next day and everyone's reading. Buster at home and Bates next to her sleeping pig. Yeah, we get a montage of Khan working on the book going from chapter 5 to 35. And the montage ends with a thunderstorm. <laughs> and we see he's starting to do some working out with the typewriter. Did you notice that, Vin? Yeah, yeah. It's like in between <laughs> typing, he's like lifting it up to do some like presses. <laughs> it <And> comes back. <laughs> after the thunderstorm, Vin, Bates comes in all disheveled and depressed. And sort of tosses his pills at him like, I don't know, who cares? She's like, yeah, the rain kind of makes me blue. And me too, lady. And then she's like, I used to love just the writer part of you, but now I love the rest of him too. And he's like, uh. And she's like, I know you don't love me, so like, don't say you do. And she's like, but you'll never know the fear of losing someone like you when you're someone like me. 
And he's like, fair point. <laughs> he's like, that's eternally sad. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and Khan's like, I'm never going to leave. I like it here. And she's I- like, that's nice and also a lie. <laughs> then she pulls a gun out of her pocket and she's like, listen, suicide might be on the menu, so. <laughs> I was just like, what a depressing conversation. And oh my God, she's got a gun. Yeah, and then she wanders into the rain with her gun, which is a pretty normal night in Colorado. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to put bullets in this gun. <laughs> be right back. Then she drives <laughs> off into the night and... Khan sneaks into the kitchen and he swipes a knife and then crawls back. And the sheriff is at home taking notes he, in bed. You um, wait. You, so he takes the knife and he, he stuffs it under his bed, which I said, wait. He, mm, when he tries to grab it later, he's for sure just going to cut his fingers. Is that what you're thinking? Outside of that. Yeah, it's like which side are you fucking? Which side is the handle? Because you know, like he's gonna go for it quick, so it's just gonna be like, yeah, oh my god! It's just it's I cut so to the bone. I cut to the bone, face. <laughs> She's a nurse. She makes his bed. How is she not gonna find that knife? It's not a perfect plan. <laughs> But anyways, Vinny, the sheriff is taking notes on one of the books he's reading, and I feel like the thing he writes down is, like, some characters saying, like, there is a power that's, like, greater than the laws of man, which I'm like, okay. I said the back end of this movie is that the actual old sheriff, Bart, or Buster, becomes the new number one fan. (laughs) (laughs) He goes to... (laughs) He goes to rescue him, and he's like, but seriously, you can't leave. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, he's ready to save him, and then he's just like, oh, the new book. And then he reads it, and he's He's like, like, I sure was Steve, dude. You killed Misery, but she's back. Be paralysis. That makes sense. (laughs) He's like, ah, these fucking people from Colorado, man. (laughs) Anyways, uh, let's see. As Khan is, like, wheeling around, he finds a scrapbook of everyone speculating on his apparent death that Kathy Bates is keeping. And there's some other stories in there, and they go a little something like this. Uh There's an old story about how Bates' husband died in an apparent suicide. Uh And then there's another story about some nursing student who committed suicide. Uh Uh-huh. And then there's stories about Bates getting a job promotion, which I'm like, I don't think that would make the paper. (laughs) (laughs) I wish it said on top, like, Kathy Bates' paper. (laughs) It's, yeah, it's like, there's, like, clearly, it's just, like, it's just crudely drawn newspaper article. (laughs) Right, and underneath it, it says Rod Smells. (laughs) I don't know about your sources on this one. Anyways, we find out that she's also... Basically a serial killer who's killed a ton of infants. Yeah, yeah, he keeps flipping through and it's just like baby baby murders suddenly sprout up. And then they're like, nothing really happens. Then he flips another page. 25 babies have been murdered. And it's like, whoa. You know what's like funny? It's like they're really stacking the deck against this lady. <laughs> it's like, I thought it was bad enough she kidnapped this guy. You don't have to make her a serial killer as well. They nicknamed her the Dragon Lady. <laughs> yeah, which like, is like not a great nickname for a lady killing infants. 
<laughs> it's not like dragons are known for that. Yeah, no, not really. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe the baby butcher? That's... <laughs> that seems a little rough. <laughs> She's like, it's more like a baby smuggler. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Anyways, Khan is back in bed practicing getting the knife out quick for his stabbing. And he falls asleep, but he wakes up when he hears her get home lady, later. And he watches the door closely, and she stops in front of it, but then moves on. And we can hear her put on Love Connection in the background. So he slips the knife out, and he hides it under the bed and mutters, See you in the morning. <laughs> but, unfortunately, he wakes up in the middle of the night, and Bates is there with the needle ready. And she injects it, and Khan passes out. And when he wakes up the next day, Vin, he's a little bit groggy, and he finds out that Bates has tied him to his bed all the way around. And she's like, you've been out of the room, and you know why I know? And he's like, I really don't. <laughs> it's like, I found the penguin facing the wrong way, which is like, what? <laughs> she's that meticulous, man. You're like, no way, lady, I left way more clues than that. <laughs> <laughs> How about because there's fucking wheelchair scuffs all over my house? <laughs> I mean, you literally got it caught in the door. You think that didn't leave a mark? <laughs> I'm just imagining like the door frame of the kitchen is like shattered. She's like, interesting. And she sees the penguin point the wrong way. And she's like, wait a minute, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Yeah, she even, she's like, it's supposed to be due north, as if everybody's supposed to know that. <laughs> All penguins are pointing in that direction. I'm also imagining, like, any dirt in the kitchen, like, she could just see, like, where his legs, like, slid across it. <laughs> this is where the eject point was. <laughs> I could see the impact print. But anyways, yeah, the penguin ratted about, so... Then she takes the knife out, and she's like, looking for this, bro? And she's like, I know you've been out before. And she's like, why don't I tell you a little history about the diamond mines? And I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Nothing's ever good about the diamond mines. And she's like, if people tried to escape, they got hobbled. And I'm like, "Mm hmm. I bet that's a phrase without horrifying implications. (laughs) And you're like, Escape, hobbling, escape, hobbling, Uh (laughs) uh-oh. She's like, allow me to demonstrate. She takes out a giant block of wood and puts it on the bed in between his feet. Look, man, he's a smart guy. There's no way that this ends well. At this point, I wrote in my notes, dear lord, not the hobbling, anything but the hobbling. That minute she holds up a sledgehammer, and it's immediately clear what's going to happen here. (laughs) She's like, this is the equalizer. And God's like, please don't. But Vinny, (laughs) she gives a Vlad Guerrero-like swing at that (laughs) ankle, and she fucking knocks his foot askew with it. His foot went from fucking noon to three o'clock. Yeah, like, 3 o'clock on a clock if, like, the fucking hand was dangling off. <laughs> like, if it was only attached by a splinter. It's like someone slapped that clock and it just went, woof. 
Yeah, no, I was immediately like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like just get the piano wire and finish this off. Which even crazier is after she hits one. Well, there's another foot to go to, and she slowly goes over. And she's like, it's almost done. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, this ought to drive the the runner in. <laughs> And he's like, it's a deep fly ball out. <laughs> Holy Anyways. cow. Bates is driving into town the next day and someone cuts her off. So she screams, you cockadoodle!" While Buster watches. And then Buster's like, well, hold on. There's a crazy bitch who murdered a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got himself an idea. He sort of watches her for a while, and then he goes to the library, where he takes the card that he was taking notes on, and he's doing some research on the bumpy baby past of Bates. <laughs> I honestly <laughs> decided to get a little floored with here. I like it. And he finds the same quote he was pulling out of the misery book about there being a higher power. So he's like, ah, because Bates said it uh, when she was uh, when she got off for killing the babies or. Oh, oh, yeah. God told me to kill these babies. And again, I I repeat, I'm pretty sure that's the devil. (laughs) Just look at those spider eyes and tell me that's not the devil. (laughs) It's just Davy Berkowitz's dog. (laughs) Anyway, he's. Bates comes home later and says hi to Khan, who flips her off outside. She does, like, one of those kind of, like, secret ones, too. She's like, boom. <laughs> it's kind of under her coat. No, 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 no. Khan flips her off. She's like, hi, Khan, and he just flips her off in the window. Oh. Which is, like, maybe understated if I'm, like, someone just tried to knock my feet off. Yeah, I'd be giving her two of them. Now, Buster is at the general store, and he's got himself some questions. He's like, do you have any of the James Codd books? Because, like, I'm pretty addicted now. <laughs> the guy's like, we sold them all to Bates. And he's like, yes, yes. And he's like, has she been buying anything strange? And the guy's like, no, just... And Vinny, he moves his fingers to say this, typing paper. <laughs> he's Italian. <laughs> Which I was like, dial back a little, dude. <laughs> And Buster's Happy like, oh, <laughs> fuck, I got this bitch. <laughs> he heads off to the farm. <laughs> now, Cod sees the sheriff's car in the distance, and then Bates comes in and gives him an injection. And he manages to get his hands around her throat, but he passes out before he can put any pressure on it. And then she carries him down to the basement and dumps him on the ground there. And Vinny, I honest to God, thought she was going to open the door of the basement and just toss him down there. <laughs> Just like given the other like disregard she showed his body so far, like why why care? Again, she needs it to, those hands to work, man. Yeah, that's true. So when Buster goes to knock on the door, Bates opens it before his fist hits it, and Buster's like, "Hey, Bates, do you know anything about James Cod?" And she's like, "Yeah, sure, I know all his biographical details. He was born here. He did this." Buster's like, "I mean, about him being missing." And she's like, yeah, I'm his biggest fan. Of course I know he's missing. And also because he's in my basement. Uh-oh! Uh-oh! <laughs> she's like, Buster, why don't you come in? And uh, 
I can tell you about how God has decided that I'm going to be replacing James Codd as the writer of the Misery novels. Which he's like, oh, I'm not going to like that, and I'm a recent fan. Yeah, and he's like, ah, oh, I like the sudden change in that. Like, huh, he's going to read and be like, wait a minute, beat paralysis? Yes, yes, no, that that's great. <laughs> he's like, this has been the new spin that we've been looking for this book for so long. And she's like, listen, Buster, I tried to write like James Codd, but I can't get it right. And Buster's like, well, maybe it takes time. And she's like, can I make you a cup of cocoa? And he's like, no. She's like, no, I insist. And then she ducks into the kitchen, and then, like, Kathy Bates and Buster do this thing where, like, they keep looking around the corner at each other. <laughs> until it's eventually cute. Bates gives up, and then he runs upstairs. And the bait sneaks up on him, but she just has the cocoa. Buster says, thanks, but I don't want to take up any more of your time. And he's like, listen, I'll pay you a visit again sometime as he's leaving. And Vinny, as he's walking out the front porch, Con knocks over something in the basement. And Buster runs back in. And he's like, Bates, are you okay? But Con starts shouting from the basement. And Bates is nowhere to be found. So Buster opens up the basement door. But he gets blasted from behind by Bates through the chest with a shotgun. I guess it's good that he never did get to read the finale of the book. He would have been so heartbroken. He was like, thank you, Misery. Allow me to fucking hobble this prick. <laughs> That's the thing is that if only she just let him read, he'd, he would have been on her side. He would have seen the justice in it. Right, she so literally, she... she literally blew a hole in his chest, and that's how that book was gonna make him feel. <laughs> so Bates goes downstairs, and she's like, "Well, Con, it was always gonna come to this. I got one bullet to kill you, and one to kill me." Then she comes back with the syringe and the gun, and she's like, "Yeah, don't be afraid." And he's like, "Listen, I love you, and you're right. We must die." He's like, "But so misery could live. So let me write the last chapter tonight." Yeah. And she's and like, hmm, <laughs> I would like to read it. <laughs> it's so, like, listen, and if you don't like that, the, the the bullet thing, loud and clear, I understand. You go first, <laughs> and then I'll follow, follow behind. I'll be one step behind you, lady. Look at how gross my legs are. I can't live like this. And it's just like you said, if you die, then I die. <laughs> He's like, I'm pretty sure a piece of my bone melted through my skin this morning. It's not even legs anymore. It's just mush. <laughs> I keep jamming straw in there to give it like some consistency, but like it's no good. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, Khan's like, we'll finish the book by dawn and we can give misery back to the world. And Bates likes this. But when she goes off, he sneaks some lighter fluid into the back of his pants. Yeah, sweatpants. <laughs> what can't they hold? And when he... <laughs> you know what. <laughs> he says he's got the last chapter ready later. He's like, but listen, I need three things. And she's like, what three things? And he's like, are you my biggest fan or not? And she's like, all right, the cigarette, the champagne. And I'm like, oh, what's the third thing? <laughs> Then he calls her in later, and he's like, it's almost done. And Bates is like, how does it end? But he's like, you'll know in a minute. Get the champagne. So she gets the stuff ready and puts the gun in her pocket before going back into the room. And he's like, you did good. 
But this time, we need two glasses for the champagne. Yeah, and she's so fucking, like, she's just like, oh, she's like, holy shit, did I pee myself or something else? Like, oh my god, that's lighter fluid. (laughs) Anyways, when she leaves, Finny, (laughs) he pours lighter fluid all over this manuscript, and then he's holding the paper when she comes back, and he's like, listen, you know everything you've been waiting to find out that happens to Misery? It's right here in my hand. And then he lights it on fire and tosses it on the floor. And he's like, how the fuck do you like it, asshole? <laughs> and she's like, oh, man. She goes into, like, feral beast mode. Yeah, she tries to put it out. But then while she's, like, stomping on it, he brings the typewriter down on her head. Yeah. And then she yep. strangles him. And she's like, I'm going to kill you, you lying cocksucker. <laughs> Yeah, nice uh, Midwestern woman gone forever now. Yeah, not so noble all of a sudden. <laughs> well, after he knocked, he fucking knocked her in the head with that typewriter. I think it shifted her evil side a little forward. Yeah, she shifted to R rating. <laughs> but listen, she never swore when she was killing those dozens of infants. <laughs> no, she was a nice lady then. She's always like, golly gee, another kid dead. <laughs> They're like, Kathy Bates, you've only been in charge one night. Gee Why do you keep they... transferring kids from other hospitals here? She's like, gee Willikers, they're just so easy to kill. Free Habakkala. Anyways. Uh Khan gouges her eyes and knocks her back, but then she shoots him in the shoulder, and he tackles her and gets the gun out of her hands. Then they roll around on the floor. And, and then he... they make love on the ashes of misery? <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid he might have thought about it for a second. <laughs> Maybe she kept to try to do like Jillian Bell in 22 uh, Jump Street, where she's Street. like, oh my god, this tension. It's like, no, stop! <laughs> she's like, you're trying to kiss me! <laughs> so, he grabs the burnt papers and then shoves them in her mouth and says, eat it, you, swick t- you sick, twisted fuck! It's awesome. Vinny, then he trips her and a dummy of her head hits the typewriter. (laughs) And she stops moving, but only momentarily, because he tries to crawl away. But she's back, baby, and she dies on top of him. She is so strong. (laughs) Yeah, she's, you know, crazy strong. And then he grabs a big pig paperweight, and he... (laughs) Vinny, have I told you about the movie I watched tonight? (laughs) Anyways, he gets that big pig paperweight, and he knocks her in the head with it, killing her. Which is kind of anticlimactic, honestly. Well, he she falls on him, and it's like, then she ends up breaking his legs all over. Ah! <laughs> That's mean. Alright, we get some text that says 18 months later, and Khan is limping to a meeting in a restaurant with Bacall, and she's like, we love your new book. And he's like, yeah, sure, great, this one was for me. Bacall says, about that, do you feel like maybe writing about that lady that locked you up (laughs) in her house would be a profitable way to spend your time? He's like, that's fucking sick. Yeah. She's like, but we're going to make so much money. A money, 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 money. Yeah. And then Khan sees Bakes walk up with a knight, but it's just a waitress. And the waitress is like, I'm your number one fan. He's like, yeesh. And Vinny... (laughs) 
It's over. We did it. All right, then. Well, I selected the movie this week. It falls upon me to ask you the eternal question. Vinny, did I scare you? Um, I think I got surprised and a little, a little This is not did I surprise you. I, I, um, I don't know. A little bit, maybe? Kathy Bates turning, like, a 180, like, definitely, like, I was like, I didn't know she had that kind of fucking range. I know she's great. I just didn't know. I'm like, I wouldn't. Fuck? Yeah, I was never actually scary. I, she's great in the part. Like, she's very good at it. But yeah, I no, it wasn't scary to me. Like, not really. Not, no, not really. I mean, it was it was borderline silly in certain cases, especially when he stuffs the ashes of <laughs> in her mouth. <laughs> I was like, that's great. All right. Well, did you like the movie then? I did. I actually really enjoyed it. It's it's a solid movie. Yeah, I thought this was pretty good. Yeah, I thought outside of it, like, <laughs> I <laughs> I just like the buildups and whatnot, and just like thinking to myself, wow, like how long was he actually there for? Months, months, and months. <laughs> Which is crazy. It's just like it took the it took fucking Buster that long to figure out where the fuck he was. <laughs> Hey man, he read eight misery books. <laughs> He's a good reader. Eight months, eight books. That's crazy. Yeah, no, I feel like it was a, a very effective thriller. There's a lot of stuff where it's like he's got his schemes and like, is it gonna pay off? And when she knocks over the wine with the drugs in it, it's just like, man, that's fucking perfect. Because it's like, yeah. yeah, that's life. No matter how hard you play it, <laughs> shit yeah. happens. I just love. I really do love how well he like played off a lot of stuff and like he he was being so utterly sarcastic and whatnot but it's just like it went completely over her and i it, it was a good dynamic they they both did a very good job yeah i agree with that completely uh pretty great movie still one of rob reiner's good movies before north and pretty much the end of his career <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. All right, Vinny. Uh, if you were any character in this movie, who would you be? Not many to choose from this time. I think I'd be Buster. Uh-huh. I'd be Buster because, you know, he's a new fan of that book series. And it's just like, when you become a new fan of stuff, especially me, I dive headfirst into everything. So that's kind of how Buster went into it. He's like, I got, I got to read all of the books. I think I would probably be his wife because I would also rather be home fucking than uh, out crawling <laughs> through the snow <laughs> looking for point. missing authors. That's pretty good. She's a sassy one. Again, I like their, their relationship. It's pretty I good. I feel like, yeah, my attitude would be like, if they wanted to be found, they'd have gone somewhere warmer. Yeah, it's, it's true. Not Colorado. So, Anywhere right. but there. Vinny, what's your gifable moment? I, <laughs> man, there's a, there's a few good ones. I do, I do like, I still really like him shoving the, those papers in her mouth. That's for, that's just a good one. And then her smashing the fucking sled over the bed. <laughs> she just destroys that fucking thing into splinters. 
For me, Vinny, it's the hobbling. There's no way it's anything but the hobbling. I tried everything I could to, to go around it. It's like anytime Joey Gallo hits like a 450 <laughs> home run, <laughs> I got I to gotta throw up the hobble and be like, he really got a hold of that one. He got under and everything. Look at the exit velocity. <laughs> yeah, as the foot goes towards the door. <laughs> It's a good launch angle. It's going to hit the top of the door for sure. (laughs) Gross. All right, Vinny, is there anything else you want to say about misery? Uh, No, I'm, you know, I'm very happy that I got around to actually watching this movie. So that's another one that I'm like, oh, check that one off the list. That was a, a good experience with that movie. All right, Vinny. Well, do we have any mail for this week? Mm, no. Apparently, we got a lot of <laughs> Return of the Living Dead emails. What's that mean? Uh, it's no. It's it's another. I believe it's another clothing site thing. Oh wait, yeah, it is. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Return of the Living Dead is a clothing company. I don't know. It's an independent oh. clothing company. Oh, you you signed us up for some uh, newsletter accidentally. Yes. All right, well, don't shop there. Apparently they spam people's emails. <laughs> All right, well, Vinny, in the unlikely event that people did want to mail us, where could they contact us? You can do so at our email at disbypod at gmail.com. That's disbypod at gmail.com. And if instead they wanted to reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter... You can do so at our Twitter at DISYPod and Instagram Did I Scare You Pod. Okay. Uh, please uh, contact us. We would love to hear from you. And whatever shit you want to say, we will read it. So, all of it and any of it, please do with us what you will. All right, Vinny. Well, it is on you to pick the movie for next week, then. Uh, what will we be watching? We'll be. <laughs> Jake. What would you say is our number one director that we have done so far on our show? Like, what's who's somebody that we've covered pretty Fill thoroughly? in alien director. <laughs> like, no, they switch <laughs> them every time. <laughs> well, who's a guy that we've done a lot of movies uh, uh, that he's done? Um, I don't know. I guess Cronenberg. That's right, Jake. We're going back to Cronenberg. Oh, okay. All right. Do you want to... Do you want to try to guess what movie I'm I'm picking here? Like I I, I is feel it like 1986. Uh, and I gotta check my phone. Why you gotta do that? Let me. <laughs> no, it's earlier than that. Oh, okay. 1983, Jake. Oh. Let me let me just tell you the actor, and then you'll probably know exactly what I'm gonna say. Okay. All right, James Woods. Uh, I believe the movie's called A Piece of Candy. <laughs> That's right, Jake. We're going to be watching Videodrome. Videodrome. Okay. Oh, that's pretty intense. I watched a pretty gross scene from that in a class in college once. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie that I have only seen that weird scene where the lips from the TV set are like engulfing and eating James Woods. And I was like, 
I don't know if I ever am going to watch this movie. Well, guess what? We're watching it. It's one of, like... (laughs) If The Brood was, like, the start of David Cronenberg being, like, body horror, question mark, I feel like Videodrome really steps it up a notch. So, uh, yeah, it's a pretty gross one. If people wanted to watch Videodrome, then where could they? I believe it's on HBO Max. I don't think that's true, actually. No, I have no clue. That was a shot in the dark. Um, Well, wherever you can catch it, uh, if you'd like to watch along at home, please do so. And I think that'll pretty much do it for us this week. Uh, Thank you, as always, to Rebel Escape Pod for letting us use their song Monster for our intro and outro. And I think that'll about do it. So you have been listening to Did I Scare You? And I have been your host, Jake Albrecht. I am his co-host and America's little brother, Vin. Same last name. And, uh, hey, thanks for the ride, lady. How you doing, lady? Thanks. Thanks for the ride. Thanks for the ride, lady. Thanks for the ride, lady. Thanks for the ride. Thanks for the ride, lady. Thanks for the ride. Thanks for the ride. Thanks for the ride, lady. Yeah.